Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And today we're kicking off a new series. And so, um, you know, around here we love to teach in series because because the, the word is just so deep and rich, and a lot of times it's hard to get everything out in one thing. And so we're kicking off a new series this week called Paper Planes. And with that, we're, our subtitle, I think, help makes, makes it all fit together. The, the subtitle of this is simply Shape to Soar. And as a disciple of Christ, as a Christ follower, then we just came out of a series on Lordship. Where we looked at playing in the rain, letting God have rule and reign in our lives. And, and why that's a big deal and why we should include God and why we should let him be Lord. And now we're going to spend the next eight weeks looking at what that, how that functions in our lives. How he steps forward and, and, and moves and shapes our life. And so if you've got your bulletin, you've got your version app, you can just kind of follow along right here. That this concept of to truly move forward in God, we've got we've to let, let God shape our lives. We've got to let Him do it. So many times we decide that we kind of know what's best. We look at our lives, we look at the future, we think we know what we want, we think we know how to pursue it, we think we know how to get some things done, and it's amazing how many times the end results are so much less than if we'd have let the Father speak into it. If we'd have let God speak into it and Him shape it. Instead, we tend to go and shape things on our own. And as free moral agents, then we have that latitude. We have the latitude to make our own decisions, or we have the latitude to do what we just talked about this last series of letting Him reign and letting Him rule. Man, I, I, I learned... A, a lesson early on in my life about, you know, sometimes you think you know what you want and it just doesn't always end up quite the way you had hoped that it would. And so, you know, being a, <clears throat> being a young kid and going to, 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 to school there in, in Odessa and, and um, there growing up in, with, my, with my folks, um, you always need a good after school snack. You know, you put in a long, hard day of math and history and English and, you know, and you just need a good after-school snack. And so I had <clears throat> decided to have my little after-school snack a little late, and I liked nachos. I really enjoyed nachos. And sitting there, and my dad had just made some nachos. So he sits there, and he's got his little pre-dinner snack. I want my after-school snack, and he's got these nachos that are, that are there. And, man, they just looked awesome. So, man, I decided I wanted some nachos. So I go to the cupboard, and I go to find the chips, and we was getting with the old-school yellow bag Doritos. Not the nacho cheese Doritos, the old-school yellow bag, super salty, awesome Doritos. And you, then you stick the cheese on there, and you stick them in the oven, and they're awesome. Well, man, all I found, all I found was an empty bag. There was no Doritos. They were gone. My, my hopes and dreams for nachos were shot. <laughs> they had been trashed. But then I knew my dad 
had some nachos. And I was like, hmm, my dad knows a good deal. I'll go to my dad and I'll offer to buy the nachos. So I go to dad and I said, dad, man, those nachos, those nachos look good. Now, mind you, this is a guy who has sacrificed for me his entire life, given me and provided for me. Um, any of y'all that know the Mustang story, this is the same guy that bought me that fully restored 67 Mustang um, that I crashed. And, uh, <laughs> and so the man's a generous man. And where I thought I had to buy some food at my own home, I don't know. I don't know why I decided it was upon me to provide and bring some equity into this deal to get something from my dad. But I did. I was like, man, he's, he made those nachos. He's got them. There's no more in the house. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buy the nachos. So all I had was a dollar. And so I was like, Dad, I'll buy those nachos off of you for a dollar. He's like, all right. <laughs> so I buy the nachos off of Dad for a dollar, and I've got them. Now, Dad um, is a good steward. You know, and you can get down to, to the, we don't eat like, bread starts getting a little too stale and a little too hard. You want to enjoy your sandwich. So we, we don't mind throwing a couple of pieces of bread away at the end of it. Man, in my house, we ate all the bread. You know, you make it into toast, you can do something with it. And so, and, um, so my dad, there's no, he was not going to waste any of that. So he had, that plate of nachos was the little crumbs of the nacho bag. That was the last of the chips, and he makes this. And so we've got these, this bag of Doritos that have been open a long time. So I go to eat these nachos, and I paid a dollar for them, and they weren't worth a dollar. <laughs> they were some stale nachos. And I'm sitting there, man, this is just, but I had nachos. So, you know, at least I've got the last nachos, you know, at least there's that. Well, then my dad... All of a sudden comes out 10 minutes later with some nachos. <laughs> and my wife will tell you, I am not very good at looking for things. You know, you know, there's certain jobs I should never have. And like trying to find something professionally is one of those. And, um, and so apparently, um, if you just moved a couple of items, there was a brand new bag of Doritos. And my dad just went in there, popped open the fresh bag, made some nachos. And it's sitting there eating the fresh, awesome, good nachos that were available to me. And I'm like, man, that's wrong. I want my dollar back. He's like, nope. But man, I tell you what. We've got a loving Heavenly Father that demonstrated His love for us and given us Jesus. And if the Word says if, if He'd give us Jesus, He'll give us anything. But there's, for some reason, there's still something on the inside of us. That even inside the kingdom, even inside of being God's kid, even inside of understanding that he's there, that somehow we want to bring our own little equity, we want to bring our own little thing, we have our own little idea, we get our eyes fixated on one little thing, and we try to make it happen ourselves, and we end up with an overpriced, stale life that we pay too much for, that has too little value. And folks, I'm telling you, if we will let God begin to shape, I guarantee you, if I'd have went in there and I'd have said, Dad, instead of coming up with my deal, if I'd have said, Dad, do we have any more chips? 
I guarantee he'd have said no, but you got a dollar? <laughs> he wouldn't have said that. He'd have said, yeah, move this and that, and there's some another bag of chips in there. And he had appointed me to where the provision and the blessing was already there. Nobody had to go to the store. It was already there. There's so much of us that's for there in our lives. It's, it's already in Christ. And folks, we just have to be willing to not try to do things our way, to force things our way, to craft our own plans and our own strategies and our own way to make things happen and to trust God. And folks, over the next eight weeks, we're going to tr- look at what it looks like to let God shape our lives. We want to shape them, but it ends up a mess and it ends up broken. There's a passage of scripture. It's been a, a believer very long at all. You, you know this passage of scripture. But I want us to look at this passage of scripture and the scripture following it in a different translation. But for, to set the groundwork, let's go ahead and look at it in the NIV. It's Romans 8, 28. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. That God works to the good in all things. There's nothing that life can throw at us that God can't sit there and work somehow to our good. Sadly, there's some people who've had some junk that they brought to God that they had a they had they had a rough view of God. They had a wrong view of God. And God used it for good. And they extrapolated that, wow, God must have meant that bad thing to happen in my life. Because look at all this good. No. It's God is such an incredible life craftsman. That if we'll put any of the stuff in our lives in his hands, he can turn it and bring about some kind of good. Now let's look at Romans 8, 28 and 29 in the message translation. It says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Jesus is our model, folks. He is our model. The son stands First, in the line of humanity, he restored. Jesus is what restored right humanity looks like. And as we take our brokenness and our unrestored stuff and we bring it to God, he is carrying us into the image of his son. See, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. See, growing up, I have always loved aviation. I, I've loved it. My, my dad had entered the Air Force to, to be a pilot. My, my grandfather was a pilot. I've just loved airplanes. When I'd go to, to, to Andrews and visit grandparents, I, I'd always want to go out to the airport and look at the airplanes and, and you know, and, and had models of airplanes. And, and then, of course, then, you know, I got to love paper airplanes. You know, every boy loves a paper airplane. You know, fly some across the house, make it do tricks, make it do all sorts of different stuff. And then as I began to, to think about God shaping our lives, I began to think about all the hours that I spent making paper airplanes. And you, y'all know, if you've been around here very long, you know I love cheesy puns and stuff. And so initially, then it was going to be paper airplanes from stationary to soaring. Stationary, get it? 
Come on now. That was funny. <laughs> but it was too cheesy. And then this is shaped to storage better. And that's what we're talking about. And so, but anyways, that is with the process of it. If you're the paper, if you're the paper, and you've submitted yourself to be crafted by the hands of God, there's some times you're going to think that this person making the plane has lost their mind. Because first you start in making a simple plane, and, you know, you fold in half, and that makes sense. And then, you know, something's happening, but you know we're not there yet. Okay, that flew better than it should have. Bad paper. And so, you know, you, know, you think, okay, we're, we're, we're on track here. Something's happening in my life. Something's, something's rolling, you know. And then there's, a, then there's another little fold that gets put in. And then there's another little fold. And, oh, my goodness, this could be so exciting. And, and we're getting somewhere. And this almost begins to look plainish. And it looks like we're going somewhere. And then all of a sudden... Then the craftsman turns it inside out. And you're like, wait a second, that fold went this way, and now you're tearing it this way? Which was right? Yes. Yes, they both were right. So many times we think we, God begins to carry us one direction in life, and, and we think we got him figured out, and then we can take the next couple of steps. How many of us have hijacked our discipleship process because we leaned into God on one or two folds, and then we thought we knew what he was doing, and then we ran with it. And then all of a sudden, we made a mess of something. He got started in the right direction. Because all of a sudden, he may take an unexpected turn. He may all of a sudden turn it inside out. And you're like, what's going on here? And then you get another, you get another fold, and you're like, oh, all right, here we go. This is exciting. Then there's another one. And then it look, begins to look like, oh my goodness, this, this begins to look like something. This begins to look like an airplane. This begins to look like something that can actually go somewhere. <laughs> and that one didn't fly as good as it's supposed to. <laughs> Y'all are just going to have to use your imaginations with me. But here's the here's the problem. Most of us, when we come to God, we don't feel like we're nice, little, pretty, pristine piece of paper. We feel like maybe we did this, maybe we did this, maybe we did this, maybe we looked at it, maybe we look like something that doesn't belong in the sky. Maybe we look at it and we go, man, that looks like it belongs in the wastebasket. Well, guess what? If we'll just bring it to him, if we'll just put, our, put ourselves in his hands, even that ugly stuff, even that stuff that hurt, even all that kind of stuff, God can begin to then move in our lives and begin to fold and begin to shape and begin to work in our lives. If we would dare to believe him that even our crumpled up, messed up, Gone our own way, bought the stale nachos, ate them till the end, got the stomach ache. 
Got the t-shirt. My dad sold me still nachos. <laughs> and believe that God can still work. Even when we've jacked it all up. And we've made it look a little pre less pristine than we thought that it should. That we can still soar. And we still can do it. Yeah. Folks, now, we, we're all, when we, as soon as we go put ourselves in the hands of God, we're all at the same place. We're all there. He begins to restore and fix and carry us forward. He begins to shape our lives. And he does it through his love. Let's look at Psalms 119 verse 41. He says, let your love God shape my life with salvation exactly as you promised. God begins to shape us through his love with salvation. See, salvation is a big word, and it means this restoration and brought back to wholeness and all these different things. God will begin to shape your life by bringing restoration into broken and ugly and forgotten pieces in your life. And we have to let him go there. Because, see, well, so many pieces of that, we want to ignore it. We want to say, well, that was just a waste. God, let's just move on. And he wants to go back and bring restoration and wholeness and repair. You're like, God, that relationship is gone. Well, maybe it's different, but we can bring wholeness and restoration and life there. God is awesome, awesome at this. See, to be shaped by God, we must not let anything behind us distract, them from, distract us from what God desires to do in us. Philippians 3 says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect. Pause. Paul is writing the Bible. He's writing scripture. He doesn't realize he's writing scripture. He's writing a letter to the Philippians. People begin to, to recognize the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So here he is. He's not perfect. He recognizes he's not perfect. And God is using that not perfect guy to pen scripture that's impacting our lives. My goodness, how many times would we dare to, be, to step out in and, and let God shape us in the direction if we were okay with being not perfect while the shaping was happening. Paul dared to let God move in his life even while he wasn't perfect. He said, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. See, Hebrews reveals something to us. Hebrews reveals that if we don't choose to, to keep our hands and keep our lives in the hands of God, we can go back to the old mess. We can go back to the crumpled paper on the ground. We can go back to the wastebasket. So we have to say, go, oh, God's got a better plan for me. I'm going to keep my, my life in his hands. Hebrews 11.14 says, People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. See, the enemy would love to get us trapped in the same old stuff over and over and over again. But God wants to shape us in a new direction. He wants to carry us into a new place. See, folks, this means that we can't stop at what we define as failure or victory. 
Because the problem with stopping at failure or stopping at victory is that you've stopped. Either way, you stopped. It's about progress. It's about growing. Eternity is always ahead of us. God's always wanting to do something new and wonderful in our lives. And when we put the brakes on and we think it's good enough, that's when stagnation hits in. Luke 9, 62, Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom, remember we talked about last week, the kingdom is God's way of doing things. It's where his rule and reign operate. So if we're going to let his rule and reign operate, we can't be looking back. We can't have our hand to the plow and, and trying, to, trying to look at what great work we just did or what a mess up we just made. We have to be looking forward. We have to be looking forward. And man, we all want to find those big win moments. Man, those grand slam awesome opportunities and just soak in them forever. Let's look at Matthew 17. This is Peter, James, and John with Jesus on Mount Transfiguration. What an incredible thing. They go up there and says, and we'll catch up in verse 3. It says, and just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now, if you're uh, Peter, James, and John, some, these Hebrew guys, these are your rock stars. Moses and Elijah are standing there with Jesus, and they're seeing them, having a conversation with Jesus. It's like mind-blowing. This is incredible. They're, guys, I guarantee they're fangirling all over the place. They're just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. They're just loving it. They're going crazy over it. And then Peter, Captain Obvious, says to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Yeah. You know, three people in the history to be able to get this experience. Pretty stinking good. And then Peter decides he's going to begin to shape this experience in such a way as to preserve it. To hold on to it. To make it his seminal spot. Now remember, it's Peter, James, and John up there with Jesus. Peter, James, and John up there with Jesus. And then here comes his idea. I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I think... The unspoken thing that's here is we've got a place for me to serve, a place for John to serve, a place for James to serve. We all have our shelter, our temple, that we can come in and we're the chief priest of this little spot. What an amazing thing. We've all got our win and we can coast on this the rest of our lives. People will come from miles around to talk to me in my spot about my experience today. They're going to come to talk to him about his spot. And we can camp on this the rest of our lives. What an incredible thing. He wanted to build a memorial to the moment. But praise, good and praise God, he was interrupted. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter, you quit running your mouth and you listen to my son. He's the one who's going to lead you into life. 
See, we can trust God to shape us because he's the one who can both start it and finish it. As we wrap it up, let's look at Hebrews 12. It says, let us keep looking to Jesus. He's the author of faith. He also makes it perfect. He paid no attention to the shame of the cross. He suffered there because of the joy he was looking forward to. Then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and he put up with attacks from sinners. So think about him when you, and you won't get tired. You won't lose hope. Man, I'm telling you, God has such amazing things. There are going to be some difficult spots in life that you're going to want to quit. There are going to be some really amazing things in your journey with God that you're going to say, this is enough and I can just build my temple here and I'm just going to stay here. But I'm telling you, if you're going to let God shape your life and you're going to grow as a follower of Christ, you've got to just always engage with what God is doing. Always. Philippians 1 says, In all my prayers for you, I pray always with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now, being confident of this. I love this. I love this. We talk about this on a regular basis. That here Paul is confident about what God is doing in his disciples, of what God's doing in their lives, being confident of this. He's not even telling them to be confident. Paul is confident. He's not even saying, you need to be confident. He says, I'm confident. I'm sitting back here. That's why we need small groups. This is why we need to connect. Because sometimes we're too close to our own lives, we don't even see the good God's at work in. And sometimes we need somebody else to take, a, to take another set of God eyes looking at what's happening in there and pat us on the shoulder and say, you know what? I'm confident that God's at work in your life. You may not fully see it. You may not fully understand it. But God's at work and he is faithful to finish what he has started. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion and to the day of Christ. This is why I desperately need People in my life encouraged me. I would not have grown and be able to mature and do it at all had I not had people in my life. I wouldn't have. I'd have stalled out at failure or, or someplace that I called success. And man, God's at work. First Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Man, I tell you what, this is, for so many people, this is a scary passage of scripture. It is intimidating. That we're supposed to be holy like God is holy. How, how do we do this? How do we do this? I love the way the message brings a little bit of life into this. Let's read it in the message. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. See, as we are shaped by Him, we become more and more into His image. It's not us forcing ourselves into it. It's, it's Him coaxing us and bringing us into it, growing us into it. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy. You be holy. I love it that light didn't have to create itself. He said, let there be light. I think if He's saying... Let you be holy. If it was his power that made the light, I think it's his power that makes us holy. 
We don't, we all of a sudden, we put it on ourselves that somehow it's our responsibility to do this. And it's him. It's our responsibility to let him do it. See, our bottom line today is God-shaped lives end up as God-shaped lives. As he shapes us, we end up looking more and more like Jesus, the image of where he is taking us. See, when God does the shaping, we can live life soaring. I pray this morning that wherever you are in your walk with God, that you open up yourself a little bit more to him saying, God, I want you to shape me. I don't want to be stalled at frustration. I don't want to be stalled at feeling like I've kind of got it together. God, I want to take my next step forward you in this thing called discipleship, in this thing called growth. Lord, I give you me. And maybe you're here this morning. Maybe when I crumpled the paper up and said it looked like something that belonged in a wastebasket, maybe that rang so true with you. Maybe you got drugged to this because you're honoring somebody who mugged you and you're just being nice. We thank you for that. Thanks for not running out in the middle of the service. Maybe you just kind of ended up here or you don't even know how. Maybe you've been coming for a little while and, and uh, just keep thinking that you got to do that add your dollar to the pile thing. That God's pretty awesome, but man, there's just something I got to do to get what I need. And today you recognize that it's not about what you can do for God. It's about what God can do for you. And this morning you're going to dare to take that crumpled up life and say, God, I, did, I, just, I don't even know how it can soar. I just don't even know. I have a hard time hoping. I have a hard time thinking it could. But God, I'm going to let you have it. And you're going to believe that God can still work even in the middle of your own mistakes and mess ups and some of the hurts that weren't your fault. Life happened to you. God can still work. I want to create a quiet moment. And if you're here saying, Brandon, I believe that, I believe that God loves me. I believe he's for me. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by him. I want to place my faith in Christ today and give him my life. Let him shape it. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand today. And we want to just pray with you. Awesome, awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Praise God, yes, yes, yes. Believers, I want you to just lift your voice with these. And just, I'm going to loan you some words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you sent Jesus, that he died for me, that he paid the price, that heaven is now my home, not because of what I've done or what I plan to do, but what Jesus did. Today, you're my father, and I give you my life. I give you permission to shape it. And I know you're going to do something beautiful. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.